When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone. Welcome in to Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. Today's Monday morning. Yesterday was Sunday. So we're just going to go game by 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 game and tell you what you need to know from the happenings of those games. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. So why don't we sit back, relax, sip our coffee, and enjoy the show. Good morning to you, all city 617 Good morning to you on Instagram and TikTok. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to do things slightly different. We usually go about an hour on these Monday episodes talking about everything that happens in every single game. I feel like you need to know what's important, what you actually need to know from the games as opposed to everything. So I, I've slimmed down a little bit of these notes, but I think it'll be good. It'll open up a little bit more discussion. Good morning, everyone. Jess, Anthony, Dakota, Chase, thanks for popping in. Let's go ahead and do this. Let's go ahead and just start with the first game. That was Colts-Titans. It was honestly a fun game. Honestly, pretty good slate of football this weekend. But I, I mean, I'm going just scrolling through. I mean, looking at these scores, pretty much all of them were one-score games. And, I mean, the ones that weren't were very, very exciting anyway. So it was it was just a, it was a good slate of football. It was, it was a good Sunday. We had a good Sunday night football game. And we're probably hopefully going to have a good Monday night football game. So week 13 has been good. But in this Colts-Titans game, surprisingly good. 31-28. Nice little shootout here. Will Levis, uh, not really like much to discuss here, but he did finish the day 16 to 33, one touchdown, 200 yards, no turnovers. He finally got D Hop back into scoring and just having a good fantasy day in general. So it's really good to see that connection. I hope that that can continue. I will expect it to continue as real. I mean, D Hop, 12 targets in this game, clear leader in the Titans clubhouse when it comes to the receiving room. Not that that's you know, anything we didn't know already, but just again, good seeing that connection, hoping they'll continue it. And yeah, but the big story here on the Titans offense is the running back room where Derrick Henry had 21 carries for 102 yards and two touchdowns. Very classic Derrick Henry stat line. Again, it's the winter. It's Derrick Henry season. This is just what he's going to do from the rest of the year. That's why we've been saying trade for Derrick Henry. Go get him for this playoff run. He's going to turn it around. And he has in a really big way. But Ty J Spears. Ty J Spears got a ton of usage, 16 carries, in which he took for 75 yards, so pretty good, and also had himself four receptions. So if that's going to continue, which I think it makes sense given the Titans offense, then both of these guys can definitely be started. And Ty J Spears is a very electric player. I hope that this usage will continue for him as well. Uh, and if it does, I would assume that the Titans offense will continue to score in the way that they did. Play action is what makes the Titans offense the Titans offense. And if Ty J Spears can get cooking along with Derrick Henry, that's a pretty dangerous backfield. So that, I mean, 37 carries between the two of them. 37 carries between the two of them, and then Ty J. Spears had four more receptions. So over 40 touches went to the running backs in this game for the Titans. That's how much they use the position. If they both get cooking, it's going to be great. On the Colts side of the ball, Zach Moss, uh, told you guys to sit him on Friday. Wasn't expecting a big game from him. 
Still, at least, you know, the volume play was there. 19 carries. You love to see that. 51 yards. He also had two receptions for six yards. No touchdowns or anything. I mean, he got to like seven fantasy points. It is what it is. Um, but again, really good to see the volume. I want to say he went down with an injury at some point, but I I don't think it's that severe. Uh, but we'll, we'll discuss that as more news comes out about the injuries. Tons of injuries actually happened yesterday. Some sad ones. So we'll, 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 we know what we know now. We'll find out more throughout the week. And then in the receiving side of the game, Zach Moss, you know, still the running back, but on the receiving side of the game, Michael Pittman just dominating right now. He had 16 targets in this game. So now back-to-back games where he's had double-digit targets. Really, I mean, all season he's been averaging double-digit targets. But the back-to-back games here for him with over 100 yards and a touchdown, 11 to 16, 105 yards and a touchdown in this game. Just absolutely stellar. The guy is killing it right now. Gardner Minshew's locking onto him for very good reason. Very quietly a top 10 wide receiver right now. So Michael Pittman, just a little clap to him because it's been a really great season from him. And then Alec Pierce, was it a breakout? Let's talk about it. Three receptions for 100 yards and a touchdown for Alec Pierce. Really good game. But only three three receptions, right? That is kind of just what Alec Pierce can do. We've always talked about him having a really, really electric profile with tons of potential. But uh, at this point, he's still just kind of a guy who can show up when needed, when asked upon. But he's definitely not going to become a focal point of the offense anytime soon. Maybe, you know, next year this is something that can happen. But I'm definitely not going to lock Alec Pierce into my lineups next week for sure just because of 100-yard game with a touchdown. Was good to see. I do love the profile. I really liked Alec Pierce going into last season when he was a rookie just because of that profile uh, and the Colts room. I mean, it was easy to make some noise there with it just being Michael Pittman. But seeing this game, it's good. But I still don't think that, you know, he's establishing himself as the Colts wide receiver too. That's still probably Josh Downs. But Josh Downs in this game, really quiet. Um, Only uh, five targets in this game. Brought in three of them for 14 yards. So what's important to note about that is Alec Pierce actually has back-to-back games with 13 targets. Now, Josh Downs over the last two weeks has more than 13 targets. Uh, He had, I think it was literally 13 last week. So, uh, you know, another five targets tacked onto that. Still getting used a ton. I'm sure when it comes to Josh Downs being utilized less in this game, it's more so about him being less than 100%. If we'll remember, he picked up an injury last week, actually re-aggravated an injury that he had already been battling for a couple weeks. So it makes sense for his usage to go down a little bit, not pressing the panic button with Josh Downs, even though he only had three receptions for 14 yards. Ultimately, he's still going to be fine. The next game we have up is the Chargers-Titans. Chargers, or sorry, Chargers-Packers. Titans still on the brain. Chargers Packers. This was one of the upsets. Actually, last game. So I tried to pick upsets, you know, on Friday. The one of them I picked was Titans over Colts. It was close. This was the other one I picked Patriots over Chargers. Again, really close. The Patriots now in three, so back to back to back weeks, three straight weeks now, the Patriots have held teams to 10 points or less and has not won a single one of the games, just highlighting how bad this offense is. And to make matters worse, the only player on the offense that was worth the damn was Ramondre Stevenson, who went down with an ankle injury as it expected to miss a few weeks. Ezekiel Elliott, of course, steps up in his absence and becomes more valuable. But I'm not, I just don't want a part of it, if I'm going to be honest with you. Ezekiel Elliott in yesterday's, yesterday's game, 17 carries for 52 yards. Not that great. Not that bad. But he did add four receptions for 40 yards. So if they do give him the Ramondre Stevenson usage, in PPR, he might still be startable. But I think for the most part, in standard leagues, I'm going to be staying away from Ezekiel Elliott. The the offense is just too bad. You're going to need touchdowns from a player like Zeke, and he's not going to get you there uh, very often. And so even with Ramondre out, it is looking like Ezekiel Elliott is the bell cow. 
Uh, he had 17 carries in this one. No one else really had a touch. Tyquan Thornton even got a carry. So it's like Ezekiel Elliott will be featured. Um, it's just unclear if he'll get, you know, the receptions for in this one. So if that trend does continue, that would be really, really nice. And he could end up being startable, at least in PPR leagues um, for the Chargers. For the Chargers. Literally nothing else to talk about the Patriots. Bailey Zappi was not good. None of the wide receivers showed up. I mean, we had injuries all across the board. It was just a really bad day for the Patriots. They scored zero points. So we'll move on to the Chargers, who only scored six points. So it's not even like they did that much better. Uh, the Patriots defense, again, they have been killing it the last few weeks. And uh, Brandon Staley, of course, didn't really have an answer for it. No one on the offense had an answer for it. Justin Herbert, pretty pedestrian day. Uh, no touchdowns, right? I mean, no one scored a touchdown. But Quentin Johnston, uh, Quentin Johnston tied Keenan Allen for receptions, had five receptions off of 77 targets that he brought in for 52 yards. Fine, I guess, totally fine. He did have a pretty bad drop at one point, so he's still battling those issues. But, I mean, to see him get five receptions, never going to scoff at it. The big thing here is Austin Eckler. Something is just wrong with Austin Eckler. Not sure what it is. He hasn't scored 20 points since week 10. And, in fact, in fact, since week 10, he hasn't even scored 10 points. He had seven points in week 11, 9.4 points in week 12, and now 4.7 points here in week 13 has not been good for him. And I'm not sure what it is. In this game, it wasn't like he didn't get volume. He isn't getting the receiving work. That's a big deal. But still, 14 carries and two receptions. Like, if you saw Austin Eckler would be getting that against the Patriots, you would think, you know, he'd at least score, maybe get himself up to 50 yards. But no, those 14 rushes, he only had 18 yards. Those two receptions, he only had nine yards. It was a really bad day for Austin Eckler, and that's been the story of the last few weeks. His schedule does get better, so I really hope he could turn it around. But I am genuinely, as an Austin Eckler manager in Dynasty, in full-on panic mode. I thought I could at least try to ride him out to one more ring or at least making the playoffs. But in fact, he's one of the people that are hurting me the most right now in that league that I own him. And I, I, it's hard to believe it will get better based around this Chargers team in general, not looking that good and him just not looking explosive really at all, plain and simple. So Austin Eckler, something is wrong. His schedule does get better going forward, but I really, really hope it gets better because again, hasn't scored 10 points since week 10. That's really bad for a running back that was getting his ADP that has had his type of usage, his type of production his entire career. It's a steep cliff he's fallen off of the last few weeks. The next game we have was another shootout well, not another shootout compared to this one, but another shootout compared to Colts Titans. Uh, Lions Saints. This was a really fun game. It was really weird. The game script was pretty peculiar as the Lions went out to a 21-0 lead pretty quickly. They scored a touchdown, then got an interception, then scored a touchdown, then held the Saints to nothing, then scored a touchdown. So uh, for the most part, a lot of the trends here are going to be tough to decipher. But David Montgomery, actually, so not tough to decipher. Like this is just a game script we need to get used to. So we talked about, it was a few weeks back when David got Mon Montgomery returned from his injury and we saw Jameer Gibbs out carry him, but it was a very competitive game. And really ever since that, we've had competitive games and the, the carries have basically been split down the middle. We finally see a game where it's, I mean, it's competitive for the Saints side as they're playing catch up, but the Lions are trying to run the ball out. And so David Montgomery, 18 carries to Jameer Gibbs, eight. That's what you should come to expect in games where the Lions are leading. David Montgomery is the guy that's just going to run the clock out. They're not going to use Jameer Gibbs like that. Jameer Gibbs in this game, only nine touches, right? He got you, I mean, he got you eight carries for 60 yards. So he's incre incredibly explosive still, brought in a reception as well, but still 
if the game gets out of hand for the Lions, which I mean it can given how good their offense is, it's going to be David Montgomery running out the clock. And he scores again, 18 carries for 56 yards and a touchdown. David got Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, just a great backfield duo. Really fun to watch. I mean, we've still got a few more seasons of it. Go get your Lions running backs. Uh, also, if you want another Lions running back, you got Jamison Williams, who got himself a rushing touchdown. That was pretty cool. I will say he he held me out of a really nice parlay. I did a five-legger, $5 for 200 I got four out of five. <laughs> one of them was I thought Jamison Williams would get three receptions. Uh, he finished with one reception and one carry. Uh, really just not utilized. But again, I think that's more of a game script thing. As Amon Ross St. Brown also only had two receptions for 49 yards and a touchdown. When these game scripts are weird, uh, it goes in no one's favor besides David Montgomery. And Sam Laporta, Sam Laporta. No one in this team on the Lions had more than two receptions, except Sam Laporta, who had nine receptions for 140 yards and a touchdown. You absolutely love to see that from the rookie. A great game from him. And I, I mean, especially in a game where the game script is like this, granted, he scored one of the early touchdowns, so that's how he got the points. But still, nine receptions when no one else got more than two is an incredible feat. He is featured even in bad game scripts, and you have to be happy to see that. Sam Laporta, a fantastic draft pick and redraft, but an even better draft pick in Dynasty Leagues. Just a round of applause to Sam Laporta. It's been a fantastic season. Next, we have Derek Carr on the Saints, who landed in concussion protocol. We'll see how that goes. If he's out, it's going to be Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, in his absence, threw five passes. Completed two of them, got 41 yards. That's a very standard Jameis Winston stat without an interception or touchdown. I think that that's good things for the Saints, right? I like Jameis Winston. I'll be the first to admit it. I'm a Jameis Winston guy. I don't understand why you would bench him and, and oh, for Andy Dalton last season. And then I don't understand why you wouldn't just ride Jameis Winston to an NFC South championship this year instead of spending all that money on Derek Carr. But I'm not in the front office, and it is what it is. But now Jameis Winston's going to get a chance finish out probably next week, hopefully. Last time we said this, though, Derek Carr ended up making a really quick recovery from his injury and coming out and playing the next week. I I mean, he's a tough guy. That can certainly happen here, but I want to see James Winston play some ball. But the big question going into this game is what the Saints would do in their injury-riddled team. Uh, last week, we had Chris Olave and Rashid Shahid get hurt and so we thought neither of them would play. And at the very least, we thought Chris Olave would be a little banged up. Rashid Shahid was the only one who ended up out. But still, I mean, he's a vital part of this offense. And what the Saints did in this game was just simply lean on their playmakers. And that's all it should be, really. I don't know why they're trying to force feed the, well, in this game, they didn't. But in games past, like force feed Jawan Johnson and really get uh, even Jimmy Graham, who I guess got a touchdown in this one. But still, I mean, get the ball to Taysom Hill, Alvin Kamara, and Chris Olave. It shouldn't be any harder than that. Taysom Hill, 13 carries, two catches, two pass attempts, utilized all over the field, got himself 74 all-purpose yards and a touchdown. Good game from him. Alvin Kamara, 109 total yards and two touchdowns. Great game from him. And Chris Olave, 119 receiving yards. That's how it should be. I don't know why it's taken this long for the Saints to start clicking. And it sucks that it's coming in losing attempts from them because they might still think they're doing something wrong. But good to see this offense coming back to life. And with Jameis Winston probably playing quarterback next week, we might see even more points and yardage from these guys as that guy will sling it and get this offense in a ton of scenarios, especially if he's turning the ball over. So uh, good stuff from the Lions and the Saints. Very fun game. Glad the Lions won it as the Falcons are still in first place in the NFC South, baby. They, take, they took on the Jets 
and they beat the Jets. Uh, where's my thing? There it is. 13 to 8. Honestly, terrible football game. Was not fun to watch at all. Um, really at all. But here's your takeaways. Trevor Simeon, he came in. Tim Boyle was benched. Tim Boyle finished today 14 of 25 for 148 yards and an interception. They ended up going Trevor Simeon's way. And surprise, surprise, it wasn't great either. 513, 66 yards, had three fumbles, three fumbles, only lost one of them, but still in like half a game, he had three fumbles. That's not encouraging if you're the New York Jets. So now both of these quarterbacks have had chances in Zach Wilson. And I would honestly wager to say Zach Wilson is at least better than both of these quarterbacks. Uh, Trevor Simeon, probably going to get the start next week, I would assume. Uh, and maybe we'll do a little bit better if he, you know, is practicing in the way that he would be as a starting quarterback, getting the first team reps, plays designed around him and everything. But still very discouraging to see from Trevor Simeon as, I mean, he looked really bad. But uh, a big takeaway here is the Jets' leading receiver in this game was actually Xavier Gibson, the special teams guy, one of the stars from Hard Knocks, finished the day 5 of 6 for 77 yards. He hasn't had a game with more than two receptions or three targets all year. Hasn't had more than 32 yards all year, but doubles that in this game, 5 of 6, 77 yards. Really good to see. Not sure if it's going to continue. I don't see why they wouldn't do that. Um, I mean, if you're going to play that well, you might as well keep giving them the ball. But uh, this is just a one-week thing. So we've got to see if it'll happen again. I hope it will. I would take a speculative ad on Xavier Gibson if you're in some deeper leagues, especially if you get some special team scoring. Might be worth sitting on the bench as he'll at least get you some yards every once in a while. And if he can develop into something, it'd be really good. A lot of times we see these special teams, these kick returners that are explosive, turn into some pretty good players later in their career. So Xavier Gibson is definitely someone I'm going to be keeping my eye on. On the Falcon side of things, I told you guys to start Kyle Pitts. I'm sorry. It was close. I think it was good logic. My logic here was that Drake London was going to be locked down and they would have to utilize their tight ends and rely on Kyle Pitts. And well, I mean, that's exactly what happened. The fantasy points just didn't come to fruition with that. Drake London only one reception for eight yards, and Kyle Pitts finishes the day as the Falcons' leading receiver with 51 yards. He was four of eight for 51 yards. And to make matters worse, a Falcons tight end did score a touchdown, but his name was Miko Pruitt. It wasn't even Jonu Smith. It was Kyle, it was Miko Pruitt who vultures the Kyle Pitts touchdown. It is what it is. Sorry uh, for my Kyle Pitts fandom. I just I, I I can't quit it. I just like myself some Kyle Pitts, and I thought it was going to happen, but it, it did it. It did it. Really a boring day all around for the Falcons, though. Uh, Bijan, 18 carries for 53 yards, three receptions for 26 yards. I mean, that's the highlight, but even Desmond Ritter only had one touchdown and just barely over 100 yards. Just a very quiet day all around, as you can expect from a 13-8 to eight slow, slow game. But still wish there was a bit more fireworks, I will say. I'm just going to clap a few times for the Falcons who did not turn the ball over. So Desmond Ritter against the Jets defense didn't turn it over. I think that's a really good feat. And hopefully he stops turning it over and can finish out this season strong because I do still believe this Falcons team can be dangerous when firing on all cylinders. The next game we had was the Cardinals Steelers. It was an interesting one as there was a weather delay. Uh, and it was even more interesting as Kenny Pickett got hurt and Mitchell Trubisky had to come in. Credit to Mitchell Trubisky, who finishes the day 11 of 17, 117 yards and a touchdown with a lost fumble is what it is on the fumble. But still, he scored a touchdown. That's something Kenny Pickett hasn't done since week nine. So I think it's 
maybe over for Kenny Pickett as this injury does seem to be sidelining him for more than likely the rest of the season, at the very least the next couple weeks. And if Mitchell Trubisky is going to score a touchdown without even practicing uh, as the starter, stepping in uh, when asked upon, and then something that's something that Kenny Pickett hasn't done since week nine, I mean, that's a problem. It's been a long time since Kenny Pickett has scored and Mitchell Trubisky does it, who's really not that good of a quarterback. not good to see if you're a Kenny Pickett fantasy manager in Dynasty as they could easily move on from him. But Mitchell Trubisky, good game. Najee Harris is what I want to talk about here, the running back duo. And now the two weeks that uh, we've moved on from Matt Canada in Pittsburgh, Najee Harris has been out touching Jalen Warren in this one, 18 touches for Najee Harris in which he takes for 77 yards. And Jalen Warren has 10 touches for 55 yards. Not that Jalen Warren's being inefficient, not that Najee Harris is being inefficient. Both of these guys are just good running backs. It is what it is. Najee Harris has solidified himself in my eyes as the starting running back for the Steelers. I think that Jalen Warren was more of a Matt Canada thing. Granted, Jalen Warren's still getting usage, but I think it makes more sense for Najee to be getting these carries. And uh, seeing the 77 yards from him this week, seeing the 99 and a touchdown last week, Shows to me that Najee Harris can finish out this season strong along with the rest of the Steelers as they look to finish out their playoff push. For the receivers, George Pickens was the leading receiver with 86 yards off of four receptions, but Deontay Johnson was the one who got the touchdown, 33 yards for and a touchdown for Deontay Johnson. Pat Fryermuth only had three receptions for 29 yards, so it's very quiet for the receivers outside of George Pickens in Pittsburgh. I think that'll change, you know, next week we saw, you know, Pat Fryermuth have a massive game last week. So I think he'll be able to bounce back. And I mean, it's encouraging to see Deontay Johnson score that touchdown. As we've been talking about, he had been sort of a drama queen all season, but especially the last few weeks, there's been some really concerning things going on with him not playing last week, like having a few plays where he was clearly giving 0% effort and then uh, just fighting with teammates in the locker room and everything. But seeing the touchdown come here, that's encouraging. Uh, It means he's, you know, obviously still utilized and wanted in this offense. Uh, He's just got to kind of get over himself and move on. On the Cardinal side of the ball, James Conner finally had a good game. 25 carries for 105 yards and two touchdowns. So a really good game from James Conner. And what's nice about that is Michael Carter only had four carries uh, for 25 yards. So last week, Michael Carter got a decent bit of usage. This week, it went right back to basically all being James Conner. That's how it should be. The dude needs to be fed like a bell cow to be productive. And that's what he showed in this game. Great game from James Conner. I'm going to go ahead and say that he'll be able to finish out the season strong. If you're a contender, your trade deadline hasn't passed yet. I think James Conner is a really, really good target uh, because you're going to be able to trade for him pretty cheap, but he's going to get you nice production these last few weeks of the season. So I'm going to do that. Send out maybe a second, to be honest, for James Conner, especially if I'm contending and that's a late second. I think that you could probably get it done if I'm being honest with you. And then in the receiving room, we've just got to continue to talk about Trey McBride here, guys. Eight receptions for 89 yards and a touchdown. Trey McBride is definitely here to stay. It's been a few weeks now where he's basically been dominating the Cardinals receiving room. And this one, he did so even more. Eight receptions for 89 yards. And no one else on this team had more than two receptions or 21 receiving yards. So four times the amount of usage uh, than any other receiver on the team, just an absolute domination from Trey McBride. And it's not going to stop. I mean, this guy has been balling. He's been playing really well. He's been earning the trust of Kyler Murray. He was the first tight end drafted in last year's class. Uh, It's just, things are only going to get better for him. And I can't be more excited to roster a guy named Trey McBride. Now, Marquise Brown did get hurt in this game. 
and there was some really weird weather. So it that could be why James Conner was led on a lot. That could be why Trey McBride was led on a lot. But still, I think those guys, James Conner and Trey McBride, are going to be the focal point of this Cardinals offense for the rest of the season, especially if this Marquise Brown injury turns out to be something bad, uh, which we'll keep our eye on and discuss probably on tomorrow's episode of Wake It Take. So make sure you tune in if you want to hear about these injuries. The next game is the Dolphins Commanders. The Dolphins absolutely slaughtered the Commanders 45 to 15. And it comes on the back of Devon Achan, who finishes the day 15, uh, sorry, 17 carries for 73 yards and two touchdowns. Also had 36 receiving yards. Raheem Mostert got himself a touchdown. And Tyreek Hill, 157 yards and two touchdowns. Both of them really long touchdowns. I mean, he is just playing at another level right now. Still on pace for 2,000 yards. I think it's going to happen at this point. I can't imagine Tyreek Hill does not cross that 2,000-yard mark. He has just been playing at an unbelievable rate this season, and there are no signs of slowing down. It's just incredible to watch. So all of the Dolphins, really, that you wanted to do well did well. Jalen Waddle at least got you a decent floor game, and then you're so encouraged to see Devon Achan come out and play this well. I'm so glad that the Dolphins coaching staff and medical staff decided to take their time with him instead of rushing him back because now he's fully healthy and we get yet another explosive game from him. I mean, Devon Achan is so good at football, so good at football. It's almost ridiculous. One of the better players to watch just in the league right now. So glad he's healthy. And it's just going to go up from here, ladies and gentlemen. What a running back to roster. I think he's going to win a lot of people championships. The next game, oh wait, was it only the Dolphins I talked about? Yeah, I did. But quickly, not much to talk about the Commanders here. They only scored 15 points. Sam Howell didn't score a touchdown. Brian Robinson got hurt, but that's what we'll delve into. Brian Robinson got hurt, so Antonio Gibson becomes a top waiver wire ad. Uh, as this, I believe, was a hamstring injury, if I'm remembering correctly. Those usually sideline you at least a couple weeks. Now, Antonio Gibson came in, wasn't the best, 10 carries for 35 yards. So, I mean, you know, it's okay. It's good. You're not upset about it. But what's good is he did have four receptions for 37 yards, and that's something that's going to be awesome going forward. We have been seeing Brian Robinson start to get some receiving usage. So Antonio Gibson's going to get that on top of the receiving usage he was getting himself. He should be really, really good in PPR. And if he's game planning to be the running back one, I think that that's obviously he's going to have some more plays, plays kind of schemed him, schemed his way, which will only open up the playbook for the commanders and also only lead to more fantasy points for him. So he becomes a top waiver wire ad, not even because of the ground game, but because of his receiving potential out of the backfield. I think he could be really, really good to close out the year, especially if this Brian Robinson injury is serious and he misses a few weeks. Now, the next game is the Texans. Broncos. The Broncos had been on a winning streak, but the Texans ended it 22 to 17. CJ Stroud got hurt. I did believe he came back out, uh, or at the very least, I haven't heard much about it, so it's not that serious. The big injury here, though, is Tank Dell, who broke his fibula and is landing on IR. Will be looking to return next season. Absolutely terrible news. Heart goes out to him as he had been just not only playing really well, but just. <laughs> a really big part of the culture in Houston, really good friend with CJ Stroud. You really hate to see that connection have to come to an end because of an injury. Sucks to see, especially as, I mean, he didn't even get any points before the injury. It happened so early in a very vital playoff week for a lot of teams or must-win scenarios. Tank Dell went down. 
and it was it 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 is just really tough, a really hard pill to swallow as he has just been electric and so much fun to watch. Wish him the best in his recovery, and hopefully he can bounce back next year and be just as good as he was this year. So just a quick little clap for the season that Tank Dell gave us as he signs off for the rest of the year. Thank you for what you gave us, Tank Dell. You were a treasure. But in his absence, Nico Collins did step up nine receptions, 191 yards, and a touchdown. And to make things even better, no one else on this team had more than three receptions. Nico Collins, the clear leader in the clubhouse here, and it will not stop. Nico Collins, I'm saying it right now, is a league winner, will be a league winner, and will average over 15 points rest of season. Get him at whatever cost. Cool. I'm glad that we can agree there. We'll move on to the running backs as things have things has things have changed. Devin Singletary, the last few weeks had been absolutely dominating. He was one of only two running backs to average an 80% or more snap share over the last three weeks. But in this one, Damian Pierce kind of took over the spot that he used to have. 15 carries for Damian Pierce to Devin Singletary's eight. So I'm going to go ahead and say things are probably done for the Devin Singletary bell cow time. Uh, he didn't really get much receiving usage either. That might go up in Tank Dell's absence, but it's looking like Damian Pierce is yet again the 1A running back in Houston. You can probably move Devin Singletary right back to your bench unless it's a really good shootout matchup. Sucks to say it, but it is what it is. And then also just a quick clap to Damian Pierce who did find the end zone in this one, kind of turning things around hopefully signifying a turning point to where he can close out this season. I mean, usually running backs attached to really good offenses are fantasy relevant. So it's been weird that Damian Pierce hasn't been. Hopefully he turns it around. If you can still get him at a really cheap price, maybe worth it, but I'm still cautious to start him. Now, for the Broncos, Russ did fall back to earth. He only had one passing touchdown to combine with three interceptions. Did not look that great, but he's still doing a lot on the ground. He had 10 carries in this one for 44 yards and a rushing touchdown. So he's getting you the fantasy points, even in a loss, and you know, even with a game with three receptions. I'm assuming he'll bounce back. I mean, the Texans' defense is pretty stingy. Jalen Petrie, for example, is just really, really good. And Will Anderson got himself a sack in this one. Uh, so I, I just think that the Texans' defense showed up for this one. I don't necessarily think this is Russ returning to last season, Russ. I do think he'll be able to bounce back next week. What's weird here is that no receiver had more than th three receptions in this one. Cortland Sutton had two Luckily, one of them was a pretty long touchdown, finished 77 yards and a touchdown overall. Um, Jerry Judy had himself three receptions for like 30-something yards. It was not a lot. The big takeaway here, uh, and it's not even really just from this week, but where has Marvin Mims gone? Marvin Mims hasn't had more than two receptions since week three, and we keep talking about it. We keep like expecting him to pop off, and he hasn't. It has been incredibly quiet. I don't know what's going on with Marvin Mims. As he started the year off really well, and I can't imagine he did anything to lose his job. So really not, not sure what's going on here with Marvin Mintz, but hasn't had more than two receptions since week three. Just not utilized at all. Not even sure if it's going to change. Uh, it's a really weird thing going on with Mr. Mims out in Denver. The next game we have is the Buccaneers-Panthers. Really fun game. Really, really fun game. And I just want to, I don't know if Dario Alfstein is out there listening, but I just want to give him a nice clap as he is just still continuing his journey is in a van. Uh, he was in Atlanta last week. So this was the next game he was going to, and he got to enjoy history. Mike Evans crossed a thousand yards for his 10th 
straight season, still making a name for himself, still solidifying himself as more than likely a Hall of Fame NFL player and probably even first ballot. I mean, he is just so good at football, has been his entire career. And I just want to give him a little clap as he, again, that is just such a good feat. He is now just behind Jerry Rice, who had 11 seasons with over 1,000 yards. Mike Evans is right behind him. I'm assuming Mike Evans still has a couple seasons left in the tank if he's playing this well, and that's why you trade for wide receivers in Dynasty. Just such a good game from him. Seven receptions, 162 yards, and a touchdown. And that's been the story all year. And we've been saying it with a few receivers in games from yesterday. No one else on the Buccaneers had more than three receptions. So to see to see him bring in seven for 162 means that much more. I mean, he is just so locked in as Baker Mayfield's favorite weapon that it's not even funny. I mean, Mike Evans is just bawling, and it's incredible to watch and to bring home kind of the, the beginning of how I got onto this. They gave out little necklaces to commemorate Mike Evans crossing a thousand yards. He got a little like beaded necklace with a picture of Mike Evans on it. So it's just very cool to, for him, for Dario to be able to make that game and to, to be able to witness history. And that's kind of been the case. I mean, all of the games he's been able to go to, it's just a cute, cool little journey. So if you haven't seen Dario's stuff, go check him out on Instagram at Dario in a van, just kind of talking about everything that's happened at every stadium, every game. It's been pretty cool. Uh, but also on the Buccaneers outside of Mike Evans, just being a superstar. So is Rashad White. 20 carries for 84 yards and a touchdown, three receptions as well. He has had 99 yards or a touchdown in every single game since week seven. So seven straight games now. Rashad White has had 99 yards or a touchdown. Just unbelievable. Just playing so well. And it's awesome to see as he was one of the staples of the zero RB strategy this year of winning a lot of people leagues as well. Just absolutely dominant the last few weeks. And I can't imagine it's going to slow down. But what we need to talk about here is the Panthers, as this was the first game without Frank Reich. What were they going to look like? Well, we did have the special teams coordinator become the head coach. And what do you have when a special teams coordinator becomes the head coach? You get a classic football game, just a very normal football game, which is led by the running back. Surprise, surprise, boring head coach leans on running back. And it worked. I mean, Chuba Hubbard, 25 carries for 104 yards and two touchdowns. Just an unbelievable performance from him. Chuba Hubbard, I'm going to say, is, I mean, also one of these running backs that's up into league winner status. I mean, he had 25 carries. Miles Sanders had eight. So triple the amount of touches as Miles Sanders and scored two touchdowns and crossed 100 yards. And that's kind of been the story all year. Chuba Hubbard has been playing really good football, is the true starter here in Carolina, and probably will be for years to come as Miles Sanders is stuck on a pretty massive contract. And it's not like the Panthers are going to draft a running back. So Chuba Hubbard, uh, someone to target if he's still discounted, because I think that he even has some dynasty value that's a little under understated right now. But great game from him uh, and a pretty good game from Jonathan Mingo, who over the last couple of weeks has been the target leader and the receiving leader. He had been getting lots of targets all year and not doing much with them. But in this game, brought in six of his 10 targets, 10 targets went Mingo's way. And he brought in six of them for 69 yards. Really good to see. I hope that that connection with Bryce Young can continue to build because if he can connect with Mingo, he'll be a really good wide receiver too. He's not a good wide receiver one and he won't be, but if the Panthers bring in another wide receiver next year, like they're talking about, like everyone expects them to, then I mean, Mingo could be a really good wide receiver too. And that would be some good weapons for Bryce Young, whoever the wide receiver one for him ends up being. Bryce Young, by the way, still not good. 
15 to 31, 178 yards and an interception with no touchdowns. Just don't know what to say. I hope things turn around for him. I do think that he's going to be okay. It's just, it's been a really tough road for him and not a big fan of it, to be honest. It's, it's really hard to watch. He's not playing well. Three more games to talk about, and we'll talk about the best game of the weekend, even though it was a blowout. The 49ers-Eagles, just so good. Brock Purdy is just so good. 300 yards and four touchdowns, 148.8 passer rating. Just unbelievable. And it makes you feel bad of what we were robbed of last year. We could have had the 49ers. We could have had Brock Purdy in the Super Bowl. We could have had such a good story. Still a good story now. But, I mean, they brought it to the Eagles, 42 of 19. They backed up all their trash talk. And it was, I mean, it was good to watch. I'm not even going to lie. I, I was rooting for the Eagles and, I guess, the 49ers. I like both of these teams. But I have established myself as hashtag bird gang. I'm a fan of all the bird teams now. I, I A couple weeks ago came to that conclusion. I'm just going to adopt all the bird teams. I think that's going to be fun. But, but. But Debo Samuel, as you guys know, and Brock Purdy are some players I just really, really like. So it was cool to see Brock Purdy have a really good game. And man, oh my God, nothing, nothing, nothing can compare to how good it is watching Debo Samuel play good. I mean, my God, guys, Debo Samuel. Is, is he the most fun football player to watch? I really feel like I'm on an island here sometimes, but I just, I love full strength Debo Samuel. There is something special about what he does after the catch. It is, it's speed, it's power, it's tenacity. Like it is just, it is mind boggling how much of a football player Debo Samuel is. And I just, I love him. Like I love Debo Samuel. Great, great player. I love it so much. In this game, a hat trick. And they were great touchdowns. They were so good. 22 rush yards and a touchdown, as well as four receptions for 116 yards and two touchdowns. And guys, those receiving touchdowns, catches one while being hit, breaks the tackle, breaks another tackle, runs for like 50 yards. Then another one takes a screen, splits the entire defense while breaking tackles, and just, just is gone. Just is gone. It's so much fun to watch. He's so good at football congratulations to everyone that rosters him because he just shines when the lights are brightest. And as these 49ers are making their case to try to earn the one seed or at least the number two seed, Debo Samuel's going to be a huge part of it while he stays healthy. And it's just, it's phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. I love Debo Samuel so, so much. He scored three touchdowns. So did Christian McCaffrey, who scored, or other players that scored a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, and Jawan Jennings got in on the action too. I mean, just the, the Eagles got slaughtered. It is what it is. Let's put it like that. They got slaughtered. The 49ers really did bring it to them, and it was just incredible. And I did just want to say real quick, Jawan Jennings, he's one, like, I started him in a league. I, I had to because of all the bye weeks, and I knew he would do this. I knew it. I picked him up and started him because this is just what he does. He shows up only only in the really competitive games like that is the only time he shows up uh and so scores a touchdown in this one if you need someone ever Juwan Jennings is the answer I see him on so much wave on so many waiver wires but he can easily be started in games like this against the Eagles where he's just going to get like three catches and at least 30 yards in a pinch that's totally fine 
So touchdown for Juwan Jennings, and that's not going to be the only time we see at least a decent performance from him in, a, in an important game. And then on the Eagles side of things, still no Dallas Goddard. So both A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith were good. And yet again, it was Devontae Smith who got the touchdown. Uh, eight receptions for 114 yards for A.J. Brown. Nine receptions for 96 and a touchdown for Devontae Smith. Just quick little class for these guys. Is they're, it's just a fun wide receiver duo. Such a good little duo. What I do want to talk about a little bit here is the running back situation. It was weird. A lot of it's the game script. I mean, that's going to happen when you're playing from behind the whole game. But DeAndre Swift. Uh, he only had uh, six carries to Jalen Hurts, seven. So Jalen Hurts had the most carries on the team. And then he only takes six carries for 13 yards. So it wasn't even like he was efficient. And then to make matters worse about DeAndre Swift, he only had two receptions as well, which is not what you want to see when it's a catch-up game. And you especially don't want to see that when Kenneth Gainwell has five receptions for 42 yards. So DeAndre Swift's usage went down in this game, and that's not what you want to see, especially in these important competitive games. Kenneth Gainwell, the last couple weeks now, has kind of been earning himself uh, just a few more touches um, week in, week out, and I, I think that it's getting closer to an even split as we go forward and push out the rest of the season. So uh, just it's something to monitor, something to be careful of going forward as Kenneth Gainwell out-receiving him and Jalen Hurts out-rushing him is a big red flag for DeAndre Swift. The next game was Rams-Browns. We had the Joe Flacco game, two touchdowns and an interception from him. Honestly, a pretty fine game. They have come out and said that they do not know who will be starting when DTR clears concussion protocol. If I'm a betting man, I'm going to assume it's Joe Flacco, who honestly looked okay in this game. The offense was clicking in a, in a weird way. It, it was a very weird way, I guess I'm going to say, because not only was Joe Flacco the quarterback, which is already weird enough, but Elijah Moore was the leading receiver by a lot. He had four receptions off of 12 targets. So only a third of his targets he brought in for 83 yards. The next man was Harrison Bryant, who brought in five of all of his five targets for 49 yards and a touchdown. So the leading receivers under the Joe Flacco Browns offense is Elijah Moore and Harrison Bryant. <laughs> and I don't think that's really going to change as David Njoku only brought in two of his six targets. I mean, so in your first game playing with someone, you'd hope to play a little bit better so you could earn some trust, but it's Harrison Bryant who earned the trust. And it's going to be hard to trust David Njoku going forward. And Elijah Moore, his usage is going to continue too. Quarterbacks just like certain receivers. And so to see that trend in the first game, you have to assume it'll continue. I know it's just a one-week sample size, but still, I'm assuming it'll continue here. And then the running game was weird too. We were talking about the receivers being weird, but the running game. Kareem Hunt had 12 carries for 48 yards, so he had the most carries. Jerome Ford was next with carries for 9 for 19. 9 for 19, not good. And then Pierre Strong, two for 20. So the leading running backs were Kareem Hunt, Pierre Strong, and then Jerome Ford in this one. Just strange. Uh, just strange. And I, again, don't really think it's going to change. I think that we just this Joe Flacco Browns offense is just built slightly different to, to kind of maximize what he can bring to the table. And Kareem Hunt, I guess, in their eyes, is a better running back to manage what Joe Flacco has in store for them. On the Rams side of the ball, just a really great game from Kyron Williams. I mean, that guy is winning people leagues. Another league winning running back, Kyron Williams. All of the running backs I've deemed a league winner are guys you got in late, late rounds. Devon Achan, Raheem Mostert, Kyron Williams, Chuba Hubbard, Rashad White. I mean, just Isaiah Pacheco, as we'll talk about in a second. Just that was the strategy this year. If you have any of those guys, you are sitting so pretty and so happy. But Kyron Williams, 100 yards and a touchdown yet again. On the receiving side, 
Both Pukunakua and Cooper Cup scored touchdowns. That's what you want to see. Pukunakua, four receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. Crossed 1,000 yards as a rookie. Great season from him. Just a quick clap. And then Cooper Cup, six receptions for 39 yards and a touchdown. Not seeing a lot of yardage from Cooper Cup is still concerning. Not sure what's going on with him the last few weeks. We did show about a stat last week where he's just not really getting designed plays. But still, I would imagine Cooper Cup could play a little bit better than he is right now. Hopefully he turns it around. I assume seeing you know both of them scoring a touchdown will signify a change going forward. Looking okay if you're, you're a Rams receiver. Oh, and Demarcus Robinson showed up randomly. Demarcus Robinson had like 40-something yards and a touchdown, I believe. Keep your eye on him. Deeper league, go ahead and pick him up. Not sure about starting, but probably worth picking up. Maybe. I don't know. I don't really know. We'll see. We'll see. But either, well, probably worth picking up. Definitely not worth starting. And the final game was the Packers Chiefs. And guys, Jordan Love. Jordan Love is good at football. He is. Three touchdowns and 267 yards. No turnovers. He has eight touchdowns and no turnovers and over 800 yards over the last three weeks. Just on fire right now playing really well. And I love to see it. I love to see it. The Packers have their guy. They do not need to move on from Jordan Love. And the receivers, Christian, Christian Watson, Christian, Christian Watson, another receiver I love so, so much. He was my favorite rookie wide receiver going into last year's, into last year. Uh, I liked the landing spot a lot, but that profile is just so electric and he is so electric. He's now scored a touchdown in three straight games, scores two in this one, has the most targets. He had nine targets, brought in seven of them for 71 yards. The next guy was Dobbs, who was four of five for 72. So almost doubling the next receiver, scoring two touchdowns, playing unbelievable the last few weeks. But then tears or pulls his hamstring or gets a cramp or something. The the news is still not out as to what this injury is. But at the end of the game, he takes a jet sweep, non-contact, goes down and grabs his right hamstring. That's the same hamstring he's been battling all year, even going back to last year. You absolutely hate to see it as he had just been on a tear and was looking like someone that you could trust to bring you over the top for the playoffs and your fantasy championships. Hopefully it's just a cramp. Hopefully it's maybe just a minor pull, something that basically doesn't keep him out more than a week uh, because I we need Christian Watson this time of year. We need him. So hopefully he's okay. Uh, we'll, we'll update you as the week goes on. In the running back room, this was interesting as, again, Aaron Jones was out and A.J. Dillon hasn't been playing that well. And it had been announced before the game that James Robinson would be brought up to the active roster. So people were curious how A.J. Dillon's usage would turn out. Well, 18 carries. Patrick Taylor had two. James Robinson had one. So to answer your question, A.J. Dillon is the bell cow when Aaron Jones is out. And he looked okay too. 73 yards for him. Pretty decent performance. And especially since the other running backs barely got anything, you've got to be encouraged. For the Chiefs, Mahomes is not home. I don't know what's going on with him. He's now underperformed his projections in like seven straight weeks, just not playing well. In this game, 210 yards, only one touchdown with an interception. And that's been the story the last few weeks. Just no ceiling on this Chiefs offense. Not sure what's going on. Travis Kelsey is barely involved. Only four receptions for him. It's just concerning. This Chiefs offense is not the same. And it starts with Patrick Mahomes not being Patrick Mahomes the last few weeks. It's it's really hard to watch. It's really strange. But we mentioned Kelsey was the leading receiver with 81 yards. But we need to talk about Rasheed Rice. 
who had eight receptions off of nine targets. That's what you want to see. This guy is still being force-fed and the wide receiver to own on the Chiefs. Just needs to score touchdowns more often than not to truly make you feel relevant. But still eight receptions for 64 yards of PPR. You're pretty happy about that. Rasheed Rice, a nice little value uh, if you ha- if you got him when you could. Uh, but now a little bit too expensive, but still performing. And I mean, he's still just a rookie, so it's only going to get better from here. Rasheed Rice balling out. Now, the guy who's really balling out for the Chiefs, though, is Isaiah Pacheco. Yes, he did get ejected for punching someone, but still 18 carries for 110 yards and a touchdown. Had three receptions as well. When he got ejected, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire barely saw the ball. He only had three total touches in the game. So Isaiah Pacheco, he's still the leader in the clubhouse. He's still top dog, and he's still a bell cow, and he's still going to be fed, and he's still going to dominate in terms of fantasy points. He's so good and has such a good schedule the rest of the year as well. Isaiah Pacheco, just a king, just a god amongst men even. Just runs so good, so angry. It's just fun to watch, and he's getting us fantasy points as well. So he'll return next week after this ejection and be good to go. Cool. That is every single game that we have talked about. I see a lot of comments here. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get to every single question, but I will skim through and see what we're talking about here. Um, Nick, Nick makes a good point here. There's a reason why small receivers don't have great success. They can't stay healthy. Hopefully that's not the case for Tank Dell. But yes, that was kind of the main concern with Tank Dell was we all knew he was really good. I mean, he was literally had the most yards in college football last year. So we should have expected some, you know, some sort of good performance. The thing was, you know, his size. And it is concerning now that he's had two injuries picked up this year. I think even now three, but one of them didn't keep him out. Uh, but again, I mean, when he's out there, he's so good. So, you know, sometimes it's just having an injury prone player is not the worst thing in the world. Um, let's see. Do you have any advice on Waddle or Ayuk for the playoff schedule? Um, I mean, you've just got to start a boat. That's going to be, that's going to be my, uh, <laughs> my advice there. Keep starting Brees Hall. That's a good question. Um, Yes. I don't know. I can't bring myself to bench Brees Hall. I know he didn't even look good in this game, but the Falcons defense is pretty good. So I'm not going to panic over it. I think Brees Hall is pretty good. Um, oh man, but I, it, it sucks. I think you have to keep starting him. You just can't feel good about it. I guess is what I'm going to say. Uh, rest of season, the Dallas defense or the Chicago defense, probably just the Dallas defense, especially as they're going to have to, um, you know, make a playoff push make a push for the number two seed, make a push for the NFC East now as the Eagles picked up a loss, probably go with that Dallas defense. Let's see. Oh, yeah, good point, Chase. I forgot to mention Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, he probably gets some usage with Brian Robinson's injury uh, because he does, you know, fit that mold. He is a Brian Robinson type running back. Let's see. Yeah, Chris Godwin with a donut. Not sure what's going on there. It's really weird. Really weird. Debo and Christian McCaffrey, so fun to watch. So true. I love Debo Samuel this so much. Literally just so much. Um, DK was also fun to watch. Yeah, uh, this was a really just, in general, guys, this was a really big week for me. Some of my favorite wide receivers in no particular order, just how, like, wide receivers I love. DK Metcalf, Christian Watson, Nico Collins, and Debo Samuel. Like, those are basically my big four outside of, like, Jamison Williams, who also scored. And Amon Ross St. Brown, who also scored. 
So it's a good week for Jason. Jason was pretty happy this week. It was fun to watch. <laughs> it was a good. I like seeing my like my players score touchdowns. It, it's it's really cool. It's really really fun. Uh, McKinnon for playoff push. I'm gonna go with no. He wasn't getting uh, really utilized too much in the playoffs or uh, um, this year, and so I'm not gonna be able to rely on him for the playoffs. I think that he's more of a body there. I know he's had the injury that's been keeping him out the last couple of weeks, but even before the injury, it was still Pacheco. And we've been seeing Pacheco's receiving chops get better and better and better and better and better and better and better. And better. So yeah, uh, I'm going to go with no on the on the McKinnon for playoff push. Would you rather have Michael Wilson or Rashid Shahid in Dynasty? I'm going to go with Shahid. I'm going to go with Shahid here. Roshan or <laughs> Brees Hall rest of season? <laughs> this is a real question. Uh, I'm going to go with Brees Hall. But, it, I mean, it doesn't feel great. Uh, but if Roshan comes out after this bye week and is the true running back again, as as we know, he basically dominated touches last week for the Bears. If Roshan comes out and does that again, the answer is probably Roshan. But as of now, going to go with Brees Hall just because he's Brees Hall. Uh, Joe Mixon or Calvin Ridley tonight? Everyone in the audience, put in your thought as well. This is on TikTok. Sid needs 22 points. So should they start Joe Mixon or Calvin Ridley? They have one option. I think since you need 22 points, I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley because the Bengals offense just isn't scoring a lot of touchdowns right now. And you're going to need touchdowns to get you there. And you mentioned it's half PPR. I'm going to go with Ridley for the ceiling uh, in this one. Uh, it, yeah. And everyone, in case you're wondering, we have two comments on the YouTube side of things. Said both of them say Calvin Ridley as well. So let's go with him. Are you benching Garrett Wilson the rest of season? No, I can't do it either. Like those players on the Jets, um, you know, it's just, it is what it is. You've got to start them because they still, they're still getting tons of usage and um, still scoring usually. So going to have to keep starting Garrett Wilson, but it depends on matchup too. Like I did say bench Garrett Wilson this week against the Falcons as they've been good against the number one wide receivers, but still uh, you, you can't, I mean, you're basically playing the matchups, I guess is my, is my answer there. And then lastly, would you rather have Zay Flowers or Christian Watson? Uh, I'm just going to answer it with a cop-out way. If Christian Watson's injury is not serious and we do have him rest of season, it's Christian Watson. Uh, but if he's hurt, I mean, it's a flowers uh, for sure. But I mean, I just, Christian Watson has so much ceiling uh, and it, and it's so fun to watch. So give me, give me C Watson if he's healthy. We just don't keep, we don't quite know yet. Uh, okay. And one more came in on TikTok. Should you keep leaning DeAndre Hopkins or go with Rasheed Rice moving forward? That's just something you're going to have to go matchup by matchup. I'm going to say in my head, probably DeAndre Hopkins every week. I mean, he's getting 12 targets and he's the wide receiver one and Will Levis is getting a little bit better, but there will certainly be weeks where it's like, okay, you've got to start Rasheed Rice um, for sure. And would you bench Eckler next week for Keaton Mitchell or give him one more week? Give him one more week. I just, it's Austin Eckler. He's still getting usage. It's just the, uh, the explosiveness hasn't been there. And I mentioned it's been three bad weeks for Austin Eckler, but the three weeks before, these bad weeks, he had 20 points in every the three weeks before his bad weeks. So three weeks of above 20 points in a row, and now three weeks below 10 points in a row. Hopefully the trend changes next week and we start a three games of, you know, 15 or more points or something next week. I don't know. But Austin Eckler, I think, is someone you've got to keep riding with. I mean, it, it's Austin Eckler at the, at the end of the day. Whew. We did it. We did it, ladies and gentlemen. That was Monday's Wake and Take, where we talk about every single game. I hope to see you all tomorrow as we'll break down Monday Night Football, as well as, you know, the injury news and other news that comes out from the day. 
It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. So tune in to the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok tomorrow at 10 a.m. Eastern to talk about that stuff. And thank you guys again for being such a great audience. I have you, I hope you have a marvelous Monday and a wonderful rest of your week. And I also hope that all your Monday night miracles come true. And if everyone listening can manifest the Evan Ingram ceiling game, just everyone right now, put your hands up in the sky. Evan Ingram ceiling game. Evan Ingram ceiling game. Okay. Thank you. You guys have a good one. Peace.